If you'll excuse me, there's someone I have to get in touch with and forgive. Myself. Oh, God. Sorry. I farted. Welcome, everyone, to Back in My Day. My name is David Petrangelo, and this week, the not-so-stereotypical millennials will be going back to our roots with one of our uh, date, Back in My Day date uh, segments, as well as talking about the first episode of the Loki series on Disney+, Plus. that as of the day of this recording, uh, was brand new today. So we've watched it. All three of us have watched it. We're going to get our thoughts on that, dig a little bit deep into it, and... Uh, and give maybe a little bit of prediction of uh, maybe what we're going to do going, what we're going to want to see going forward and where it might go. Um, with all that said, this week, I'm joined by Michael R. Power. Ian Walter. Gentlemen, let's, uh, let's jump right in because we've got lots to talk about. So Hot um, off the press. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, didn't, I didn't cue you guys too much for, for what, uh, at what date we're going to start. I'm going to, we might even just have to talk about one date with this, which is really crazy. In 1982, on June 11th, E.T. was released. In 1986, Ferris Bueller's Day Off was released. In 1993, Jurassic Park was released. And in 1999, the second Austin Powers movie was released. Oh. So I think all four of these movies, come on, all four of those movies, like, I, I don't, I don't know. I, I have my choice, but it's, it's close between a couple of those at least. So. Yeah, I'm um, leaning one of two ways. But yeah. It's okay. Clear. Well, it's pretty clear. All right, go for it, Ian. Well, well if if you ha- if you went in opening night, all these movies came out opening night in you know whatever when we're 15 or when we're 13 years old. Uh, which one are you going to walk into opening night? You only you can only have one ticket that night. What are you going to? Yep. So I'm an '80s baby, so you might think I'd go one way, but I'm definitely going to Jurassic Park. You stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could. And before you even knew what you had, you, you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox. And now you're selling it. You want to sell it. Well, I, I don't think you're giving us our due credit. Our scientists have done things which nobody's ever done before. Yeah, yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Can't ignore its impact. I mean, they both. In my mind, it's between Jurassic Park and, spoiler alert, E.T. Yeah. But, like, come on. Jurassic Park just has the bigger impact overall on, on my, anyways, on my personal taste. But it just, like, it, it set the tone for, in a lot of ways, what Star Wars did and Indiana Jones did. Like, Jurassic Park did that in the 90s, for sure. Right, right. Is it, um, is it one of those sort of, I guess, it's gone to so many different places now, <laughs> this, this franchise, um, is it still like one of those movies that really stands out when you think of stuff from like the early night, like these early nineties action type movies, like you said, is it still like near the top? Cause it is for a lot of people. The original for sure. Yeah. Uh, the franchise as a whole is not near the top for me, but the original movie. And I like things about all of them because it reminds me of the original movie, but the original movie had such a, it was so well done. It's a movie of its time for sure. 1993. Yeah. Crazy. Holds up. Yeah. It holds up though. It's probably still the best one. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay, remind, remind me my options. 
Because, <laughs> uh oh, like, um, we got E.T., Ferris oh, Bueller, okay. Jurassic right. Park, and Austin Powers too. So uh, this okay, it's, me. Um, I'm gonna have to go with Austin Powers, Spy Who Ooh, Shagged Me. Wow, that's I, actually uh, that's surprising. Yeah, Spy Who Shagged Me. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I uh, yeah, we we're the '80s babies, but late, so we kind of. Ferris Bueller, I know a lot of people loved it, but I didn't actually really grow up with that movie. And um, E.T. was kind of scary, actually, when we were kids. Same, uh, same. Wasn't a, wasn't a massive fan. Still a great movie, but I, I wasn't like in love with it. Uh, did you like could Jurassic... argue that 90s babies would be like, oh, Jurassic Park was scary. When I was yeah, kid, yeah. True. True. yeah. Jurassic Park yeah. was awesome, but the franchise, I think, is a bit of a disaster. Um and if I'm thinking back to when I was a kid, I actually, for some reason, watched the second one, like, over and over and over, mm. not the first one. I don't know why. I guess I had The Lost World. I actually I, li- I actually liked it. Like, I really liked it. Looking back, you rewatched them recently. Definitely the first one is the best, but uh, I have more nostalgia for the second one. The second one's actually really good. I think there's a lot of good scenes in that one. Yeah. A lot of good set pieces. Um, the, that franchise rap, didn't, but... yeah, the franchise didn't fall off, like, like a huge cliff it was like one two and then they kind of lost their footing after that <laughs> yeah i think three okay. was the the disaster and then from yeah. there it's just been downhill basically. yeah in the last couple yeah um but uh yeah austin powers uh, i love i love those first two movies they uh, were like we were the perfect age for those movies that second one i, and, I could almost yeah, recite that one, whole movie <laughs> it's so funny so will ferrell's reprisal in Spy oh, yeah. Shag Me like yeah. finished me like that was like yeah. oh god <laughs> and yeah. That, yeah that that movie is just it's it's too good and it's it's the introduction to to fat bastard and everything like yeah. it's just <laughs> oh yeah it's too good man it's all yeah. it's actually one of the best comedies i think of the 90s so yeah i would go with that i know jurassic park one of the best movies of the 90s but um just to be a little different i'll, I'll pick I'll pick that as Austin Powers. I actually right. did have more love for it too. So if I, on the Austin yeah. Powers note, if I could just say 93, I think was the year of So I Made an Axe Murder, which I prefer to Austin Powers mm. and the same year as Jurassic Park, but it's also like setting up like the Fat Bastard stuff. That's my love for Fat Bastard is because of So I Made It's because of that. Yeah, that movie's great too. Scottish <laughs> humor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I'm unoriginal, but this is like an, it's not even a contest to me. It's it's Jurassic Park every single oh, day. Oh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's one of my favorite movies ever. So it's, um, I, I agree. I think the second one's still pretty good, Mike. I still like it. And I, I watched it just a couple of years ago. I was like, oh yeah, this is better than I was giving it credit for, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the first one honestly is like, like you said earlier briefly, it really holds up. Like, I can't believe how much it does. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. It's just crazy. I mean, it's, they did such a good job with the animatronics and, yeah. and what, what, little cg they were able to even do the dinosaurs feel more alive in in that one than they do in the new ones which is crazy to think about but the 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 the, uh, raptors are more terrifying the they feel more threatening you know it feels like they're alive more than the 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 cg that they use now i think like both you said it's the mixture of animatronic and cg that really brings it home and yeah. makes them more realistic in my mind than the later like Jurassic World. Isn't it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And 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 I think it's it's almost a little bit like, um, you know, they almost get a little too carried away maybe with with the new ones. Like everything's m- even more bombastic. It's sort of like 
it's like movies where, oh, they always have to save the world. Well, no, you don't. You can just sort of sort of save the city. Like, why does it have to be every dinosaur goes crazy and tries to kill people? Why can't it just be the park and it's a couple of dinosaurs and you sort of have these sort of tense, freaky moments with, you know, with the uh, different parts of the park. And sure, yeah, there's lots of action in it and stuff. But like, like the raptor scene when they're when they're in the uh, the cafeteria and stuff, like that's that's a tense scene. It's not really huge and flashy action and that I, and that's why it works i think um yeah it like started me, off as creature horror and action and then yeah. now it's more action than you know and it had like a message of like you know humanity going too far and messing with things they shouldn't yeah trying to environmentalist kind of message try to cage animals the new ones like what are they trying to say what are they trying to they're just trying to let's give you do like, it more yeah let's just do it more like let's hey let's do a raptor riding a t-rex like yeah let's just make a movie it's, that has that ending and whatever yeah. the movie is it is but that's the ending we have to have if, if anything cool. if like, anything okay. they maybe are hinting towards like zoos and theme parks or something but it's just like but that's a stretch <laughs> I'm definitely stretching for that. For that yeah. one. So, <laughs> like, um, I think theme parks are evil or something. Like, or or zoos, know. you know, like like some people don't zoos, like yeah. you know, going to zoos because. But anyway, yeah. that's a whole other thing. But also, you guys mentioned ET and how it was a little bit freaky. I hundred percent, I was okay with it. But I had people in my family, like one of my cousins, for example, could not watch that. You could say, like, this is when we're really little. This is five years old, six years old. Yeah. yeah. You could say, hey, we're going to put on E.T. as a joke. And he would run to the other side of the house. Like, yeah. get out of the, get out of here. He would he would run out of town if he had a chance to. <laughs> like, one of those. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if it's because it was a little bit dark at the beginning. And, you know, when you're a kid, maybe you don't make it all the way through the movie. And you're sort of scared when he first sees him uh, in the backyard. And maybe the sort of the way it's shot and stuff is a little bit uh, scary or off-putting or whatever. But, um, but I think we have two... Oh, I guess three really decent family movies. I would say Jurassic Park, if you're a little bit older as a kid, is is fine for for families. A little bit scary for kids, but you know, ET and Ferris Bueller are, are fun movies. Really, when it comes down to it, ET's got some uh, messaging and stuff about family and and things like that too. And I don't know. I I just think that like if all these movies were sitting in front of you even today, it would be tough to pick. Like, what what do I feel like seeing today? Like, yeah. which one of these? Yeah, kind of have to be. You could be in the mood for Austin Powers or Ferris Bueller, but then E.T. and Jurassic Park, if those are two movies you really enjoy, yeah. I think that's a really hard choice. Like, well, you nailed it, too. That's the choice for me. It's E.T. or Jurassic Park, and they're both Spielberg, and they're both on the same day. So, like, you know what I mean? That's crazy. Um, and uh, and it reminds me of Jurassic Park. One of, the, one of the things I loved as a kid, and, and even when you watch it when you're older, uh, you sort of appreciate what they did with it is the little um, – uh, I don't know. He's in Adam or something when they when they first go to the park and you sort of yeah, introduce yeah. it. It reminded me, which we're about to talk about. Yes, Segway. Yes, reminded me of the little character in Loki. Um, in that uh, in that scene in Loki. So with that, we're gonna take Great a segue. Very, very I thought quick you were going to go with must go faster, must go faster. But that too, like that else. too. Yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Which um, of these Jeff Goldblum lines did you say twice? <laughs> Whoa! <Exactly. laughs> Maybe he'll pop up in the show. He's he's in the universe. Maybe he'll pop up. Um, the world, the world according to Jeff. Goldblum. The world according to yeah, exactly. The the MCU according to him is fine with me too. So um, we'll be back right on the other side of this for just uh, two seconds. We're going to talk about uh, about Loki and uh, the first episode. <laughs> 
You're taking me somewhere to kill me. No, I'm taking you someplace to talk. Where I lie, I don't like to talk. But you do like to lie, which you just did. Because we both know you love to talk. Talkie, talkie. How long have you been here? I don't know, it's hard to say. You know, time passes differently here in the TVA. What does that mean? You'll catch up. Okay, welcome back, uh, Mike, Ian. Uh, we have a 40-ish minute uh, intro to the uh, to the Loki um, series for the first episode. Um, I'm not sure how many episodes it's supposed to be, if they announce it or not, um, but I'm fine to be surprised. I don't care if it's three. <laughs> I, I don't think watch it's around anyway. six to eight. So, so, yeah, that's, I would think so too, yeah. but yeah. We'll see. They, yeah, they kind of all are. Um, that doesn't matter. I mean, either way, we're going to sit here and, and probably watch them. So, um, okay, okay, so let's just get right into it. Um, you guys are the massive MCU and Marvel guys out of the three of us. Not that I don't enjoy them, I definitely do. But um, I'm actually, always- you're more relevant to this conversation than we are at this point. I'm more relevant. I don't know yeah, about that. You are, <laughs> I, I have, but I know less. For that. But yeah, I know no. less, right? Like no. I know less of the lore and the background and stuff. So I'm actually learning a lot watching these shows. Um, even more so than the movies, because I think they, they get really in-depth. And like we've talked about with the other shows, they're really character-driven and all that, which which we really enjoy. So I'll just um, tease ahead to I thought about you while I watched the show. Ooh, baby. Oh, oh hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, we're going we're gonna to save that for last. Um, Mike, uh, quick thoughts just overall, and then we'll sort of break down some points after that. What do you think? Yeah, I uh, I love Loki. I love the MCU. I'm a sucker for this. I was all into it, um, but I'm not as hyped up as uh, you might think I am. I think this show actually, Loki, is probably one of the least original things I've seen from the Marvel TV. Um, the 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 idea behind the show being that um, Loki steals the Tesseract um, in Avengers Endgame. And then we follow we follow that Loki on a different time stream, and it involves like time police and people trying to maintain proper timeline. And that's just an that's just a thing and an idea like the fact that there's time police trying to maintain uh, one timeline that's been done like a lot in science fiction. Um, you know, I've seen it in, like Time Cop, uh, Umbrella Academy, the comic book. Uh, you know, like Rick and Morty. Like I've seen it a lot of places, and it's it's always a very similar story, and it's like oh, you know, the time police kill the people who disrupt time and make time branches. And then, you know, in the end, you know, the time police are the bad guys because they're the ones eliminating free will, right? So if this is, the w- if this is where the show is going, um, then, you know, to be honest, I'm not really that excited. I'd rather see something new and different. Um, but I do like what they're doing here. I do like them, like, I mean, I do like, like, the polish of the show of the mcu show i do like them exploring loki uh, deeper as a character and I, I do think it looks good i think all the actors are good i think it sets up a dis- decent mystery where it sets up um who's the person that's you know like uh, going against the time cops i guess you know there's someone like messing with them um but i also think it doesn't quite compute with the re- the fact that there's these time police maintaining a timeline also very confuse me a lot and don't doesn't seem to compute and jive with what we saw in Endgame where there's like different where there are different time streams because we know that like Steve Rogers went back and lived with Peggy Carter in a different 
timeline, I thought. And we know that Thanos from the past jumped forward. So that must be a Thanos from a different timeline. Yet in this, they're saying there's only one time stream that's maintained. Yeah, so it's all very confusing. That. That's a good point. So that, I'm, I'm, I'm like, does this, is this going to like, you know, and I, I do have this feeling that the MCU is getting so big. There's so many movies and shows that it's kind of getting unruly and sort of the rules of, and the physics of it. Um, now they're introducing like different multiverses and time traveling. It's going to get all really messy and I hope mm -hmm. they can keep it together. And I'm one of those people that like, I can't turn my brain off. Right. If they're saying like, there's only one timeline we maintain it. And then my head's like, but there's all these other, they, they jump time and Thanos came forward. Like there's not one timeline. What are you saying? Like and if they don't find a way to make it all work and make it make sense in the universe, I'm going to really hate it and think that and not like that. So um, yeah, I'm a bit, bit worried and reserved. Uh, reserve judgment until i see how the whole thing plans out but if it is mm -hmm. the very formulaic like loki works for them he takes down people who are disrupting timelines but then it turns out he finds out that they're the bad guys after all because they're what i said taking away free will and making everyone conform to this one timeline then i'm going to be very like yeah that's very paint by numbers story that i've seen a million times so um yeah i actually i guess because i was so hyped going into it it's a bit might, might sound like i'm a bit of a of a downer after this episode, but I still liked it a lot. I still yeah. in for the ride. Deflating a little bit, maybe? Yeah, deflating a little bit, but I'm still in for the ride. I still want to see, I still think I had a good cliffhanger at the end. So um, I still think it's done very well. I still like all the connections and just seeing deeper exploration of the MCU. So yeah, I'm, I'm in, but those are my sort of, my sort of worries and thoughts about it. Right, no, that's way. fair. Yeah. Um, I, this was the one that I was, one of the ones I was more excited for um, one, because like we've said before, especially in the last, like, I don't know, even in the last couple months when we've talked about, uh, MCU in general, how much we just love him as Loki. Um, and it's just, it's just a, a way for us to get more of that. And, and I'm all for it, honestly, because, you know, I, I get how it works in the, in the movies and the actual, like, in it with his character, he just, he's not the main guy. That's totally fine. Fine. It's great that he's sort of a semi side character and everything. Now it's his chance to shine and, and it sort of follows him and stuff. Um, and all the other actors, I agree, Mike, are, are great. I think that it's that they, you know, people can poke fun at, at Owen Wilson and his wow and all that kind of stuff. I was waiting for it. I was waiting for one. Um, oh, you're Loki. Wow. But uh, it didn't come. But that's OK. But I, I like him. He, he's he's it's still like it's, it's still good. Um, it's so good. Yeah. Maybe it'd be too, it would be too easy to do it in the first episode. Maybe that's yeah. what it is. Um, I, you know, he, he plays the sort of snarky, smart, uh, quirky character just too damn well. Like I can't, I can't help, but just like the way that he, he plays those characters. So I really like, uh, that choice for him as well. Um, and I, I, I thought this episode was great. I loved it. I, I, I do see the nitpicks that you, that you have Mike with stuff like that. I completely didn't I, I miss some of that stuff, especially when you say like, oh, you compare it with what they were explaining in Endgame and all that. Totally makes sense. Totally makes sense. In the moment, I wasn't thinking that, but I, I get that. Um, but I just thought it was it was fun. You know, I really yeah. had a good time with it. I think I think the type of humor that's in it is is a little bit, um, you know, goofy, but also, you know, kind of serious at the same time. They're back and forth when they're in that room and talking about about his past and who he really is and stuff. I thought was fantastic. So um, well done. Yeah. So, well done. I, so I, I really, really liked it. I honestly liked almost every minute of this episode. It's, if if it continues this way, even if even if I do find nitpicks later on, I'll see how much those those problems that I may or may not have with them go. Um, 
I'll see where they go. But if they don't feel too pressuring, I guess, as, as the series goes on, this could be the best of the three that we've been talking about in the last uh, six to eight months for me, I think. Um, I think already, it's really just based potential. On, yeah, just based on one episode, I could see this being my favorite out of this uh, uh, Winter Soldier and, uh, and WandaVision. See, I have a hard time seeing how this is going to be better than those two based on the premise they set up. It's just not a premise That's that fair. I That's totally find fair. interesting that I've, I've seen. It. It's like I've seen it before. I, I'm also a sucker and for these WandaVision characters now, was. So. WandaVision was so, so um, completely original. Yes. That it 100%. blew me away. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier had such like an emotional arc for those characters um, and like had just created, like, it was just a real thrill ride experience. So I don't know, but Lo- I don't know about Loki. I'm actually, I thought it was going to be my favorite, but here I am and I'm not as hyped on it. I still, I'm expecting a five star amazing show is what it is. And it <laughs> right, ends up being yeah. four star third of these three that's still really good it's still I'm pretty just, damn good <laughs> my expectations are like through the roof so yeah yeah let's let's see what happens yeah. i'm intrigued all right ian you're intrigued and, uh, <laughs> you're intrigued and you were thinking about me so I was let's thinking go about Dan, yeah. <laughs> our gracious host and largely because if you look at these shows what they're doing is they're setting up either side characters or franchises that want to continue on in the tv sphere or the disney plus series mm-hmm. sphere so Loki is the spiritual successor to Thor Ragnarok, mm-hmm. which is Dave's fave. So got, it might not have my, all the... my Thor Hammer Time shirt on, too. Nice. <laughs> I'm more than a fan, so... Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh. Yeah. But, uh, no, I just, you know, I, I thought about that. I was like... Man, you know we are the coolest people ever. <laughs> yeah. I got a nerd shirt on, too. <laughs> oh, oh! <laughs> That's sick. No, but, you know, I really... I. I enjoyed it. If uh, WandaVision was kind of the the first episode was like short and condensed and like a mystery, this was more like long form setup mm-hmm. for if you had to bring somebody into the TV side of Marvel, this one encapsulates what came before in the movies. And even if you haven't seen all the movies, kind of put it in perspective going forward. Like, don't worry, you can watch the Avengers films if you want, but if you haven't caught up, we're going to give you a whole bunch of new stuff to. to yeah. And, and they do some explainers as well. They sort of, not just to tell you who Loki is, but they do kind of, I think a better explainer of where this fits. I mean, especially that first yeah. opening scene, it's literally popped out yeah. of uh, previous I, movies. So I think it pays homage to the infinity side of the first 23 films and kind of like in a way that Falcon winter soldier was an appendage of cap. This is an appendage of the Thor films and Wanda Vision is kind of its own thing, but is also like setting the tone for the reality of yeah. like maybe moving forward, like how how crazy the MCU is going to get. But this is that other side, the cosmic side, the celestials bigger than life, like, and they have to they have to deal with this idea of the multiverse. And in, in, at the end of the day, is is what it's kind of leaning towards, even though it's kind of contained to Loki's story. I liked how it was dealing with this okay, we know we're going to head in some weird directions. Let's kind of set the the ground rules or like, you know, what we're going to be talking about. And they did it in a very high level way, which doesn't really, in my mind, break anything. I, I understand what you're saying, Mike, and that it's risky. But I remember coming out of Endgame, we were having conversations about the timeline. Like there's seven different alternate timelines. Yeah. And that was kind of what I dug about this was like, it focused in on Loki. And sure, it's not the same Loki, but he exists in Endgame, and therefore he's legitimized 
as an alternate version of Loki. And even though they're kind of saying we're the TVA, we're policing all of time and space and parallel dimensions, we're looking at this one in particular because it's special. And where did it stem out from? Endgame. And when they talked about the time stream, I look at that as like parallel dimensions. So it's not maybe every form of time, but the ones that branch off, they go into darkness and all this other stuff. This is like the mainstream of the MCU, which is like everyone's destined to do certain things unless it gets tweaked and then you break the time stream. Mm -hmm. And then this is like, in my mind, Cap was going off to fix it. And I could see kind of Loki being involved in something similar. And I was thinking to myself, like, did Cap have to deal with these TVA douches? Like, when he was going back and replacing... I think that's time, part of Mike's point, yeah. Like, Infinity Stones. So, yeah, yeah I mean, the, there, there's a story there, is, right? Uh, like, it, what I'm saying is that it, it breaks the idea that we were talking about where there's seven different timelines now. And what it's saying in the show, quite clearly, actually, is that there is only actually one timeline. Only one. Yeah, yeah, but it looks someone... like a like a hydro stream. Like it's like multiple parallel timelines going like in a big vacuum, and then there's some that kind of branch off and do their own but, thing. But I think it's saying there's only well, this is what I have from it. There's only one timeline, and one, that's it. one and proper so, timeline. Basically, this is, is why Captain yeah. America and the Avengers, when they were going to take the Infinity Stones from the past to the present, they also went back to put them in the exact same spot so that yeah. no no time in the past would change and you have no branches. Right. Yeah. So when Captain America went back and lived with Peggy Carter, what happened was he went back to the one timeline. So that's why in the in the show like in the in the movie or the show like Falcon and Winter Soldier, Captain America could have showed up as an old man because he yeah. actually does exist in that one timeline. He's not an alternate. He's actually in the one timeline. Right. Yeah. When I Loki, agree with you. When Loki took the Tesseract and went off, he created a new timeline. But what the TVA does is it hunts those people down yeah. and kills them and deletes the timeline, deletes that branch. So there actually are no branches. It's just one universe, one timeline that they're policing. Where I think I see it going, so our whole theory about there being seven different dimensions and timelines coming out of Endgame is actually mm -hmm. the TVA would have gone and deleted all those. So there is actually only one. Right. And anything that happens, anything the Avengers did is all in that one timeline. What I think it's heading towards is what I said and Loki kind of realizing that these guys are kind of evil because if you can't have people can't make decisions, they're forced to decisions that these these celestials decide are this are how the one timeline should go. Um, and anyone that branches off, they go and delete. I think he's going to like take down the TVA and then you're going to have the multiverse actually be able to start. Right at that point, that's, that's what an I think interesting that theory. That's an yeah. interesting theory. Yeah, I can see that. That makes sense. That that, that so yeah. Right now, there's only one because of the TVA, and then Doctor Strange. This might set up Doctor Strange, the Multiverse of Madness. Well, they said multiverse a couple times, and, and then so like, it, yeah, it's, and the, it's they also away. set up the fact that if there's multi, multi if there's more than one, if there's multiverses more than one universe, what inevitably happens is they all fight each other. So then that could set up possibly the next Avengers movies where they're fighting maybe avengers from different multiverses or something like that right and then yeah. they have to combine back into one i don't know that's just i'm right. thinking uh, way like that no it's it's here, good but... to think ahead because you want to know where it's headed right but like yeah i'm, I'm not I'm along that. for the ride that's right now i was enjoying into... the uh the humor and everything that we were presented with in this one and i, 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 think I love they, the humor in it it was great they took an angle with like how do we approach these high level sort of cosmic concepts or these like out of world experiences and how do we portray that on the screen i thought they they made a good choice with the whole like b12 
bureaucracy of it all. Yeah. Um, but yeah. at the same time, like I could see it being such an extreme portrayal that they only need to tap into it when it's something that fits within the story. They don't need to say how like the TVA is affected by every other faction within MCU. I think it's just like, this is Loki's ride. This is like, you know, this is specifically 2012 Loki on an alternate timeline. And I, I love that. I thought it was a way of actually doing the opposite and sort of legitimizing or giving stakes to this character of Loki. This is his show and this is the what if series brought to life, but also tying into the main MCU. And, you know, he's a character, I guess, an alternate character, but set up in Endgame and now gets his own adventure. And the reason why the point that I'm getting to is I thought the reset feature was interesting. It was also like it did the opposite for me of uh, saying that like anything can happen. There's infinite parallels where he could win, he could lose. It took this one and gave him stakes because this is the one they care about because the other ones they were able to reset and he broke the cycle. And he's like the Neo of it all in his own journey. And I'll get to that with all the visuals and the themes. I didn't know if you wanted to do like a, a breakdown of the episode or just how we thought of it. As I think I, you know, I mean, we can go scene by scene kind of thing, but I, I, the re one of the reasons why I really enjoyed it was the setup of that first 15 minutes of him going in. And, you know, we saw a lot of it in the trailer and I thought, I think we all kind of enjoyed what the trailer. It was a great uh, representation of what the trailer was. Like it gave us yeah. exactly what we were. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Told, but, it, you know? but, you know, it took snippets of them in the elevator, him signing the paper. Like I just, I really liked that. And then I teased earlier where I, where I said that the little Adam guy in Jurassic Park reminded me of, um, of Miss Minutes, which was in the, which is the video that, that mm -hmm. explained everything, uh, sort of showed the, the multiverses and, and all the sort of description that we're talking about of how the timelines work and stuff. I thought that was great. Um, I thought it was funny that it goes back to him and he goes like, what are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I just, I like that, how, how it's such a, um, a info dump. And then, you could you could be him going like what this is bullshit what the hell are you talking about like <laughs> i just i liked his attitude and i liked how it it we spent the episode sort of watching him be at least somewhat convinced that he can't do anything about this like i, I did i like that you know it was just a uh a, a playing with his mind playing with his his personality really the whole time uh and exploring that a little bit so um, that's the stuff that stands out to me is that first 15 minutes, the, the scene with them sitting down and talking uh, about who he really is and yeah. showing where his timeline was supposed to go with it, his mother. It toyed with his nature, stuff, so. right? Like if, yeah. if nothing's disturbed, this is what you are. Like, this yeah. is kind of, like yeah, I thought that was interesting. So, um, so those are the standouts for me. Um, I don't know. So what, what were you, what'd you want to, would you want to mention then Ian? Like what more specifically? Well, I just think that with, Loki in particular, like he's the guy that gets to go on these adventures now in this series. We'll see where it goes, but it'll give you like alt takes on the MCU, like, but in a more permanent, not maybe semi-permanent, uh, like circumstance where we could see like these things come back into play as the MCU evolves. But essentially what I'm saying is, uh, you know, he gets to go, he's like, I put it like this. Okay. 2014 Thanos is one of my favorite characters in Endgame, and he's like a complete, like, he's after the fact. He's not like the Thanos that they took out. It's like they touched his existence and brought him into theirs, 
and therefore made him uh, imminent and real. You know what I mean? They, they legitimized his presence by getting involved with him. And that's the same thing that we're getting from Loki is that like, mm-hmm. he's like, he's fringe, but he's, you know, now he's involved in the main timeline of the MCU because he was like an offshoot. And that's like, it's still kind of, gives him stakes if that makes sense he's not just like yeah. one of a million different loki's it's like and then it comes into play at the end of the episode where there's another version of loki that is also now going to get entangled up in all this crazy yeah so my so, my thing with it is is too is like he says oh i'm a villain you know he feels kind of defeated he's sitting there on the step he's like yeah i'm a villain and they're trying to i guess use his mischievous ways as they keep saying in the episode um and and turn him into sort of a bit of a a, a hero. I don't know if hero is the right way to say it, but but sort of mm-hmm. spin him that way. I, I like that. I like that. I like that he's sort of an in between. You know that yeah. he he is selfish and everything. But well, he's got to go on his own hero's journey, which is actually what I'm coming around to. In oh, a okay. Long, long form <laughs> roundabout kind of way. But it's really like when you when the episode opens up, he's lying there. He gets shot into the uh, Mongolian desert, is it? Yeah. So yeah. he's lying there in the sand and that's like, okay, we're back in Iron Man 2008. This is like... Yeah, that's what I thought too. <laughs> this is the start of his journey and then it kind of goes and it pays homage to the Avengers where he was, but even with things like not being able to perform like that straight out of his role in Avengers too. So like, so there are things where it's like, okay, we're going through the beats of just the thematic beats like we're going to pay homage to the original 23 films, but now it's his journey and he's going to have an arc. You know, it's one episode, but it's setting up so much potential. I think, yeah. In my mind. yeah like, it's just sure. one episode and it's just touching on so many different things. And yes, it could, could be very risky, but I think they just stick to the fact that it's like, you know, they lean into it and it's like, this is his experience and it's all rooted in his character. And I, I think Tom Hiddleston's amazing. So, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah sure. um, I guess uh, I guess we just have to sort of wait and see where it goes. Uh, we have uh, now we have this to watch. We have Modoc to watch <laughs> as yeah. well. You know, um, mm-hmm. which I think we've all sort of enjoyed so far. We'll we'll get to that. I think as as the series wraps, maybe we'll we'll touch on it. But uh, Mike, you've really yeah, liked it too, a, right? Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. and let's let's do a a series review of Loki when it ends too, because I really want to see if I'm if I'm uh, let down or if it, if it meets the expectations. Um, yeah, it's, it is, yeah. it gives you a lot to talk about. That's the one thing that it does, you know, yeah. it, it is, it is, it is sort of ambitious in that way where it, it does, uh, you know, risk making a lot of the things that came before it not make sense, but I do trust Kevin Feige. And I do, I do believe that they think about this, that these things and like, the universe of the MCU way more than anybody else does. And they wouldn't do something that like fundamentally broke, broke what came before it. They, so they've proven that they can I, pull it off. Yeah. And yeah, what I'm saying about the whole, like how I predicted ending, I'm saying that because I hope it doesn't go that way. And I hope they do something unique and different. Right. And I think they will. So I'm just saying, if it does end up being, you know, how I said, uh, where it's like, they're the bad guys and he has to defeat them. Then I'll probably be a bit let down. It depends how the ride is. But, you know, if it's something totally out of left field, something new, they bring something totally new to the table, I'll be I'll be really happy. With yeah, that. it could be something in between, too. You know, like there could be a, a hint of that or or mm-hmm. that could be there. But also there's another surprise in there that sort of you're like, oh, wow, at least they did something different while also doing something that we've seen before. You know, yeah. I, I think that's, you know, maybe it's not, you know, 100 percent what, what we might want to see, but 
you know, like you said, if the ride is still good, yeah, then hey, you know, you can't really complain all that much. Like you said, what's the difference between a four or four and a half star show to a five? Like really nitpick. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, yeah, exactly. And what Mike's saying is interesting. Like you know, going to what it's all leading to and who's the antagonist of it all. Is it the TVA? Because I don't know if they're necessarily nefarious. They're kind of representing these celestial timekeeper beings that mm-hmm. are just like, you know, I, f- I feel like the more, and Thor Ragnarok is a good example of this, the more like, the more out there your idea is, you got to lean into the ridiculousness of it. And I think they do that in, in a way. I, I'm just saying that because that's what I've seen before in these types of shows. That's always kind of how they end up. It's always the people who are keeping the time are the ones who are bad guys because theoretically, like if you think about it, right, they're like making sure everyone does their part. They're, they're sort of eliminating free will and forcing everyone to stay on one timeline. That's, which is evil in itself. They, yeah, they might not even realize, but so that's how it always, that's how these short stories go. And I'm wondering if it's going that way, if it's doing something new, right? I'll tell you where I think it's headed. So I could see the TVA being an antagonist of the, like they're an obstacle in Loki's journey, but I think the end, we saw it at the end of the first episode, like he's, He's going to be faced with an alt version of himself, a variant that is ultimately probably better at their job. And I'm thinking it's a woman. Okay. So I think it's a woman version of Loki that is actually menacing and it's his job. Because if you think about Iron Man, what is his adversary? It's, it's that evil version of yourself, Iron Monger. It's the, what could you become? And you have to overcome it. So I think if we're going to really try and redeem Loki, which is an interesting concept, we always talk about like, how do you redeem someone and how do they atone for all that crazy, bad, evil stuff that they did? In this case, it's like Loki is faced with a more evil version of himself. And how do you come to terms with that? Maybe turn them around at the, by the end of it and have a new character in the MCU as well. That'd be cool. I'll be into yeah. that. I, uh, I wanted to say when you were talking about Loki being able, like all of the MCU shows are focused on these characters uh, that are very shades of gray that were villains at one point yeah. of a time. If you look at Scarlet Witch, Loki, Bucky, uh, not Falcon, but Bucky, you know, and this is sort of the trend of the MCU when they have a good character they like, they kind of, and in comic books, it happens all the time. So I'm very used to it, but it's kind of yeah. like, it's a cool character and they don't want to let them go and they kind of start as US a villain. Agent. And US then, agent. U- yeah, US agent starting with that with US, US agent, right? So that's, that's the trend. And it's kind of, it is, I kind of like it, you know, because like people are, shades of gray and people aren't you know you have your but you have your you have your righteous characters and your captain americans and stuff but then you also have your um shade of gray characters so i like the the mix of them so yeah it's i i just i'm happy to see that look what they're doing with loki on the copy got his own series and they're kind of like gonna he can't stay a villain forever also right the characters if you're gonna keep yeah. them around they need to progress and they need to <laughs> grow so like that it's a way to keep him along yeah my thoughts for the series are they're literally going to kind of tap into a winning formula like look at mandalorian maybe they have monster of the week stuff but they kind of have this underlying overarching multiverse storyline that it's it's going to tap into mm-hmm. each mm-hmm. each installment of like where he goes next kind of thing. yeah and it's yeah. just going to evolve from there and then we're going to get the final showdown which i think is going to be against, uh, against himself I like that thought. I'm, I'm also thinking like what other characters are going to show up and I really having a hard time um, coming up with people. Who I haven't show up? read yeah. a Loki comic where this was sort of the storyline. And so like interested to see who's going to show up and I'll be, I, I always like paying attention to that kind of stuff, you know, and yeah. I, I think a few characters will show up obviously. Um, so yeah, that's, that's always, that's always a fun part. Some Black Widow uh, material. Why not? Imagine like 
think of the potential. Anyone could show up. Anthony Hopkins could show up as Odin and Chris Hemsworth could show up and Taika well, Waititi. Like, they did they, do they that thing, though. They did do that thing, though, that thing, though where they're like, we're very clearly like a series that is not like the MCU budget and we're not going to show Thor and Heimdall. We're just going to reference them. Like in that way, yeah. you know what I mean? But they yeah. could for right. for a scene or for you yeah. know what I mean, like someone. It could be that's what I'm saying. Interesting. It could be. Could be. Oh, no, you're right though. That, that's the, the sky's the limit. They yeah. can do anything. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So funny. Yeah, so, um, I, I really thought they had a, a great start. Let's say. Yes. Yeah. I think I think yes. we all kind of like that. It's just now different degrees of of where we might want it to go, or maybe we might expect it to go and stuff. So that's perfect. We're gonna. I think Mike, like you said, this is the per, actually the perfect show to to. Um, you know, uh, review at the end or, or go back and sort of break down because just like it was with one division, I think this could be very close to that um, yeah. for sure for that reason. So um, until that time, Mike, where's everyone following our, our stuff, following us and uh, and all that? Yeah, day back in. So day back in on social media, uh, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok now actually. <laughs> and the podcast <laughs> is called Back in My Day. Find it on your podcast app of choice. Man, Mike, we're so cool. You guys yeah. are so cool. Come on, like all the all the cool kids are doing it, so we just have to, right? Well, is it is it is it good? Engagement. Yeah, exactly. You're gonna um, debate that a low key show is good or bad, like yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's obviously good. It's just different degrees of good. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. All right, gents. Thanks. Uh, thanks so much. We'll uh, we'll catch up in in a bit. And thanks everyone for listening. out of starboard oh my god it looks like a huge pecker oh where wait that's not a woodpecker it looks like someone's private we have reports of an unidentified flying object it is a long smooth shaft complete with two balls lord almighty that looks just like my husband's one-eyed monster step right up and see the one-eyed monster